I'm Jago Wynn and welcome to the HTC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the Daily Bible Thought and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today it's James Farley. Good morning. Let's look at Luke uh, 1 and it's Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 7. Do follow along uh, if you can uh, in, a, in a Bible uh, on your phone. So Luke 1, starting at verse 5. Um, and we've just had the introduction and this is um, now from verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. So we see here Luke is setting the scene for telling the story of the birth of John the Baptist. <clears throat> and he introduced this story by telling us when this happened. It's in the time of King Herod. And who the parents of John the Baptist were. So we've introduced to Zechariah, who's a priest, and to Elizabeth, who's also from a tribe of Aaron. And, a, and that tribe is where the priests are descended from. So these people are esteemed couple, esteemed people because of their service to God. But we also read that they were genuinely righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. These are people, these are good people, they're holy, they're a godly couple to look up to. The sort of people you'd go to uh, for advice, for prayer, for pastoral care. All so far, so good. And then Luke introduced us to the, the problem, the tension that starts off this narrative. The fact that they were childless and they're both very old. So it seemed like all hope had gone for them to have children. And this would have really baffled people at the time. who may have struggled to come to terms with how these two godly people couldn't have had children. But as we all keep reading this story in the days and weeks to come, Zechariah and Elizabeth don't remain childless in due course despite their old age. Elizabeth miraculously is able to conceive and give birth to John the Baptist. And what we'll see in the rest of the story is not just God's amazing, amazing power in enabling this elderly couple to bear a child, but also that despite being righteous and blameless, this couple, or rather particularly Zechariah, perhaps understandably has a hard time believing this. And, and later on, um, we'll see Zechariah's visited by the angel Gabriel, who tells him that Elizabeth will have a son. And Zechariah's immediate reaction is to say, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. And Zechariah receives a reminder that's the angel Gabriel speaking to him and then a rebuke. They did not believe what he had been told. Um, and he's actually prevented from speaking until John the Baptist is born. And the reason why I kind of share that, that kind of broader picture of of the story of Zechariah is is because in our passage today um, it's just interesting to see that knowing that Zechariah is going to doubt what God says for the angel Gabriel knowing he's going to be rebuked for that <clears throat> it's interesting what do we have to make of the fact that he and his, and his wife Elizabeth are both referred to as righteous in the sight of God observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly so on the one hand, we see that they are described very in this very lofty description, righteous in sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands, decrees blamelessly. And yet we also know that he's going to really doubt God uh, very soon in the story. Well, one thing we could do is we could compare Zechariah to some other characters in Luke's gospel who also seem to obey all God's commands 
and yet they don't seem to have it all together. And we could see in doing these comparisons, who are we most similar to and, and why? We could look at the eldest son in the story of the prodigal son who says to his father, all these years I've been slaving for you, who's never disobeyed your orders. So this is another character who always obeys God and yet is still hard-hearted. He's, he's demanding, he's angry at seeing the celebrations for his younger brother's return, not grasping the hold of the grace of God. But it would seem that Zechariah would not be described as righteous in the sight of God if he was like that kind of elder brother character. Or maybe we can compare Zechariah to the rich ruler in Luke 18, who asks Jesus, what must he do to inherit eternal life? And claims to have kept all the commands since he was young. And yet we are told this, this ruler, um, Jesus told, tells him, you must sell all he has and then follow Jesus. And the ruler becomes very sad. And it would seem that this ruler struggled to really obey God in all aspects of his life. And yet given that Zechariah is a priest, it shows he's given his whole life over to God. He's not walking away from God, sad, like that ruler. He's highly regarded by God and the people. So how do we square the fact that Zechariah will show such blatant unbelief with his description as being righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly? Well, I think the best way of putting it is how, it's what John Piper, pastor in America, says. He says, Zechariah was a righteous and a prayerful man. He'd been praying for a, for a son after all. But, and, but even the best of men, they fall into unbelief now and then. None of us trust God perfectly from day to day. But thanks be to God, though we, might ha- though we may have to endure some chastisement for our unbelief, God does not cast us away if we repent and set our hope afresh on him. So when we step back and see Zechariah's overall life, we see that he was a good man, but who, like all of us, struggled to really believe and trust in God when he was told that things seem impossible. And yet the encouragement from the story of Zechariah as we start to look at him and his life is that what we will see is that in verse 64 of, of Luke 1, later on, God enabled, when God enables Zechariah to speak, it says immediately his mouth was opened, his tongue was set free, and he began to speak, praising God. As soon as he's, he can speak, he's praising God. And he even writes a whole song, praising God. So when we come to look at Zechariah's unbelief in a few days, it's good to remember, um, again, what, what John Piper says about this unbelief. This unbelief, it was preceded by a life of godliness and it was followed by a life of godliness. Zechariah's unbelief is in the same category with Peter's three denials of Christ, which we looked at recently at church. It's a temporary lapse, not a way of life. So the lesson for us here is that we must not despair if we fall into unbelief. Instead, we must repent, accept God's forgiveness in Christ and go on blessing the Lord. And we can do that using every opportunity we have to praise the Lord and to thank him for his goodness towards us. And let's do that now as I lead us in prayer together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can only be called righteous and blameless in you because of what you have done for us on the cross in forgiving us of all our sins. We thank you you've done the impossible in bringing us back to you despite our sin and our rebellion against you. We pray that you would fill us with faith so that we would believe and trust in you for the situations that seem impossible in our lives. And Lord, help us turn back to you quickly when we lapse into unbelief. In your name we pray. Amen. We started by praying for revival, starting in their own hearts and in the country, in our country and then in the world, following on from Jago's sermon on Sunday, that theme of the God of revival. 
And then afterwards, we prayed that God would do what seems impossible in our lives and in our world, as, as he did with Zechariah and Elizabeth in giving them a child.